0: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long and on our Oakland Hardjula's Talk and Text line, the senior writer for Go247.com, Glenn West. Glenn, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Before we get into SEC's scheduled talk and signing period, man, a, a big congratulations to Tommy Moffitt. Uh, getting on now. I'm not sure I'm I'm crazy about him going to A&M but man, he's one of the premier uh, strength and conditioning coaches in the country and it's not because he couldn't get a job over the last couple years. He sort of opted not to because I know he had some offers there but you know I'm not a big guy into uh, this Bruce Springsteen uh, glory days stuff. Let's bring back this coach and that coach because he was great uh, four or five years ago. Uh, But, man, Tommy Moffitt, he's still a premier uh, strength and conditioning coach today. Congratulations to him. I hate to see him go to A&M, though.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think it's a great hire for them. Um, You know, I kind of joined the beat towards the end of his tenure. Uh, at LSU uh, was there from uh, when, you know, kind of started with 17 with Orgeron. And, uh, but, you know, obviously I knew the greatness that he had for many, many years uh, as a strength and conditioning coach there. And you're right. I think he probably just needed a little bit of a reset uh, after LSU made the most uh, recent coaching change and wasn't retained. So uh, I, I agree. A&M got a really good one here. And uh, certainly, um, you know, he's a guy that I think is very well, you know, up to date with the modern technologies and how to improve his athletes. So uh, I'm sure they're they'll uh, they'll they'll reap the benefits of all that stuff.
1: And then, Tommy, if you listen, I know you're gonna get paid well at A and M. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's oh, going to yeah. get paid real well there. Glenn, uh, I'll, I'll throw it right off the bat about the transfer portal because Charlie and I were talking about this. I think uh it's not going to be the numbers we've seen the last few years, but this team has to go out and get a couple cover corners. They got to get a couple defensive linemen. I think a quarterback uh with some experience, some experience at the collegiate level has to be brought in. I think they will bring in also a wideout uh with some experience there. What other positions, and if you agree with with those parts, um, and what other positions do you think they would look at? Would center be a spot? Because uh, most likely you're going to start a young man. Now He's had some playing time, but boy, he's a big man at center. And I know one thing, Brian, he had told me about, man, I, I love a big center. Uh, I, I like a big guy in the middle. Um, is, would that also be a spot that they would look for in the transfer portal?
0: Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of the positions there. Um, I, I would certainly put uh, secondary, cornerback, and safety. I think that's going to be a position that they address um, you know, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, I, I think that they're going hard after a couple of guys uh, that they'd really like to, to, to shore up the back half of that defense with. And uh, you'll see a common theme. There's a lot of Louisiana talent that I think they're looking to bring back uh, into the program, which has been a common theme for Brian Kelly these first few years. Uh, when they have gone into the portal. But, um, yeah, I would certainly start with the secondary. I would certainly uh, put uh, receiver. Uh, I think you're looking at uh, a guy like Xavion Thomas, who is a Mississippi State uh, transfer and and has already been on LSU's campus. I think they like the way that visit went and would expect some movement on that pretty soon as well. Uh, And then, yeah, defensive line, offensive line, I think you definitely need to beef up. Uh, the the interior D line in particular. I think they're still you know kind of sorting through uh, exactly who they'd like to kind of target and go after on the D line. But would imagine that's an area you have to address. They just brought in uh, Gabriel Relford out of the twenty twenty four class, which was a big pickup for them uh, to kind of get that flip from Texas A and M. Um, so so they they've kind of addressed it a little bit. But
1: and Shone uh, also.
0: Oh uh, yeah, Washington. And Washington. Yeah, yeah. That that's a, that was a big one too with the JUCO pickup. Uh, of Washington. And then, yeah, offensive line, I would definitely consider uh, an interior guy. Um, I think that you're certainly looking at Charles Turner and possibly Miles Frazier and uh, maybe even Garrett Dellinger. I mean, there could be some turnover there in the interior of that O-line. And I know they feel really good about DJ Chester, but I I do think you'd like to probably add, you know, one guy uh, to kind of really shore up the interior of that D-line or uh, O-line, excuse me. But, uh, the quarterback is going to be the really interesting one here, and, and, and I kind of saved it for last just because I do think there's going to be a very specific kind of quarterback that they target in, this, uh, in, in the portal. It's going to be a guy that's you know, two or three years left of eligibility. You kind of want to be able to bridge that gap where you don't run the risk of losing Nussmeier because then you're in the exact same position that you kind of entered the portal to begin with. Uh, you know, but I I do think it's going to be somebody you want to bring in to to develop and compete uh, with Nuss for that job, but uh, also is okay with with being a backup for a little while uh, and kind of bridging that gap between the young guys and obviously with what you got coming back with Garrett Nussmeyer.
1: How many people do you expect? Because, I mean, we'll have coverage certainly starting today with you and then all throughout uh, the end of this week and early next week uh, for signing period, but uh, doesn't it seem as though this will be a class that will be in the mid-20s uh, Wednesday uh, by the end of the day?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're expecting to sign all 27 of their commits uh, next, uh, I guess, whatever, December 20th is next Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, they're going to sign all 27 of their freshman uh, class next next Wednesday. Um, and so I would expect there to be, um, you know, there's there's not a whole ton of movement that I think we're expecting in terms of new guys that could join the class between now and then. But uh, there are st- still a couple that are going to wait until the February signing period. Uh, Katie Ann is Dominic McKinley's one to watch. Uh, Terry Bussey is an athlete, a five star athlete out of Timson, Texas. Just put over just put up over uh, you know, 500 yards in a state title game, uh, and they're recruiting him as a as a cornerback. So. Uh, You know, he's he's somebody that has definitely got a lot of versatility in his game as well. So just a couple names there to keep an eye on in the high school ranks. But um, I I do think it's going to be a relatively smaller transfer portal class because of that. You're looking at probably seven, eight, nine guys uh, as opposed to the 14 or 15 they were bringing in the previous two years, which is a good thing. I mean, it's something that Brian Kelly has preached uh, for a while now that they'd like to kind of – Whittle that you know transfer portal class down and, and really lean into the freshman class and build it that way. Glenn, your early thoughts on the twenty twenty four schedule, which was just released yesterday. I mean, you're playing USC and UCLA in those first four weeks, but then the SEC schedule as well. Mike and I were talking about this last you know hour. No Auburn. Just it just doesn't feel right, does it? I mean, there's so many classic games in this rivalry between LSU and Auburn uh, back when the SEC West was a thing, but now that game's not on the schedule. You're playing two. You know, schools that are moving from the Pac-12 now to the Big Ten with USC and UCLA. But then also you're wrapping up the year with a really nice game against Oklahoma. So just kind of your general thoughts on this uh, schedule at a glance.
1: Glenn, uh, you know, I always hope for fall weather late in September. But uh, this coming year, I hope it is as hot and steamy as it can be (laughs) when them Bruins Bruins hit there. Man, because they're they're used to the heat, but not this kind of heat.
0: Yeah. They're not used to the humidity for sure. And so, yeah, I I definitely think it's going to be one of those ones where they're going to leave their jackets at home for sure. So uh, yeah, no, just a quick glance. I I think it, you know, the way that shakes out is really good for LSU. I love that you get three of the final four games at home again, like like, much like this year, especially if you're kind of in the picture for a, a college football playoff. Remember it goes to 12 teams next year. So Uh, You could be playing some big-time football down the stretch next season. So having three of those four games at home, uh, Alabama, Vanderbilt, Oklahoma to finish off the year, uh, really, really like that. I like the fact that you get to keep Florida in the schedule. I mean, I've always loved that matchup. Florida-LSU has always been one that, since at least I've been watching, has always been super competitive going back to the mid-2000s. So really like the way that the the SEC part of the schedule kind of uh, you know, lined up for LSU, I think, you know, having to go to Arkansas and A&M is probably your, you know, your, your toughest uh, two game stretch on the road. They have, uh, you know, obviously, you know, that, that's a, a and is always going to be a really tough one. I think that's probably their biggest, uh, you know, most recent rival, um, but really like the beginning part of the schedule too. I mean, they didn't schedule many cupcakes in this season, and I think that's uh, that's that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for fans to to see that USC game, to see that UCLA game, um, you know. Uh, and, and and I, I think it's going to be a, should be a really fun, interesting year next year. I mean, year three is kind of the year that Brian Kelly pegged is okay. This sure is did. You are right? This is this is when we think we're going to be able to make our run, where we're going to get into the kind of players we want. Uh, obviously, they've got a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but there's some momentum brewing for the program offensively, and if you can just get the defense up to a more respectable, consistent level, I think you're you're really going to be in good shape for next year.
1: Glenn, you kind of led me into it. Uh, you, know, you hear different things from different people, but there has to be a shakeup on that staff defensively. Uh, after what you watched last year, uh, you can point a finger at the players, but also to the coaching Uh, You didn't see this team get better throughout the year at all, and uh, something has to happen there. Uh, What are you hearing, or or exactly, Connor? Because maybe you're hearing like me. uh, One day it's uh, Matt House is staying, the next day he's not. But they got to be a shakeup on this staff on the defensive side of football.
0: Yeah, I I do think there's going to be some shakeup. I don't think it's going to be a complete teardown, like I think many want on that side of the ball, and you know, I think that goes into kind of what Kelly wants this year too. I mean, he's also preached uh, about having some level of continuity returning, uh, not just with personnel, but also I think on the coaching staff side as well. So um, I I do think there's going to be some shakeup. I wouldn't be surprised if you uh, see a new D-line coach come in, for example. I think that could be one uh, because they have kind of shifted Jimmy Lindsay, who was the D-line coach, to more of an administrative role since he kind of uh, had that really medical emergency and hasn't been able to put in the, the full-time work yet as a D-line coach. So maybe that's something that you address uh, this offseason. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a secondary coach, whether it's corners or safeties, comes in and kind of shake things up. But, um, you know, look, I I right now the way that this is feeling for me, and this is not source, not reporting, this is just me kind of educated guests looking at the program and just kind of what, Everything is kind of encapsulated. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if Matt House returns next year. I, I do think that there's a lot of respect for him in that building still. Uh, I know that Brian Kelly and, uh, and him work well together. So I um, would, would, would not be surprised if that's a move that is, 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 is decided. Uh, but you also got to have your ducks in a row if, if, um, if that does wind up happening. And I think that's, that's all stuff that Brian Kelly is considering right now. There's a lot of factors that go into it.
1: The special teams part of the game, and um, it was better than a year ago, but could have been worse? Uh, you know, the, the place kicker, I mean, uh, I'll give Ramos a lot of credit. He, he was pretty doggone good this year uh, when he got yeah. an opportunity to kick field goals. Uh, but th- that part of the game still is lacking for LSU in the return game. Th- that, to me, is a little bit troubling because of the athletes that you have on that team, that could be a difference maker. I expected
0: a lot, especially about it. in the punt Anderson. return
1: game, where Aaron, you saw him fumble the ball. But I think they didn't trust their defense, and it was like, man, we can't turn it over. And so Aaron got you know a couple of shots, and then that was it. Nothing after that. Yeah. Something has to happen there because Glenn, there's too many really good athletes on this team, guys that could be difference makers in a return game. That you're not getting a lot of, out of that.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I, I think that you saw some real progress with Ramos. I think that was a good sign. Look, LSU only punted it just over 20 times this year with Brandt. So, like, the offense was so good that they really didn't need the punt game much uh, for, for this last year. But you got Peyton Tide coming up, who's been in the program for three or four years now. And I think that they're finally ready to hand the reins off to him as the punter. Um but, you know, I, I absolutely think this is going to come down to a return game, and I think it's why you're seeing LSU pursue a guy like Xavion Thomas so heavily. He's somebody that impacted the game not only in kick returns but on punt returns last year for Mississippi State. Um, had a big – I believe it was a big kickoff return against Texas A&M in a game that they ended up winning. So, um, you know, they, 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 they need to address that for sure. And then, you know, I think that Aaron Anderson is a guy that – maybe just needs some more time uh, to ripen up as a a return man. I think he makes a lot of sense uh, in terms of coming back and what you got as an athlete to to fill that spot. But I think they're going to do all their homework here and and do their due diligence and try to see if they can't bring in somebody else to help compete for that job and try to get some more consistency out of it. Because uh, you you did see Caleb Jackson, you know, in in the kickoff game, he had a couple of moments where he flashed, but um, you know, I, I certainly know that LSU would love to get some more consistent production in terms of flipping the field and uh, just having some more playmakers back there.
1: All I know is Caleb Jackson. I know exactly where he'd be on my team next year. He's my yeah. starting running back. He's going to be man. Good. That, that dude. Uh, you can see if you're looking at a young star player on LSU's roster, it's Caleb Jackson.
0: Just give him the reps. Yeah. Yeah, there aren't many more players that I would die stock into right now more than Caleb Jackson. I think he's right at the top of that list uh, offensively for LSU.
1: Glenn, thanks so much for joining us. I know, man, the next couple weeks will be, uh, you know, it's just holiday season, but ain't no holiday season (laughs) with all this transfer portal stuff. So I know you'll keep us up to date on everything at Go247.com.
0: Yes, we will. I appreciate you guys for having me. Thanks. Thanks Thanks
1: so much. Glenn West, Senior Writer at Go247.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.